Blog Talk Radio. You heard of the quiet storm. Now be ready for the thunderstorm. It's a show where we can't be quiet. Discussing world affairs from the Christian hip-hop perspective. That's right, the Christian hip-hop perspective. With your host, Christian hip-hop artist and sports blogger, GQ Forever. So turn up your radio. You are now listening to The Thunderstorm. Hey, check this out. <laughs> y'all was expecting to hear Triple H, didn't you? I gave y'all a head fake because it's the NFL preview show. We got a little degeneration X going on in the background, courtesy of the WWE. I do not own the rights to this joint. <laughs> we just playing it while I'm talking. Ladies and gentlemen, it's 8.31 p.m. EST, 8.26.18. Thunderstorm Media is on. The ver- this version of Thunderstorm Sports, and we got a lot to talk about. Namely, one of which is, I still got it, ladies and gentlemen. I hadn't lost my touch, hadn't lost my vocal cords, hadn't lost any of that. Just this week, a child called me out to a rap battle, and he was ripped in half. He was sitting home crying. I told no mercy. <laughs> man, I'm telling you what I did to this dude was ridiculous. Just ask anybody, man. I'm about to start calling out uh, witnesses here in a minute. They're going to call us to the show. We're going to talk about what happened if we have time. Because we got an NFL preview show to do, which means we got 32 teams to talk about, which means this is the second time we've done that, which means the first one was a success, which means this is episode 79 of Thunderstorm Radio, the Thunderstorm Sports Arm, which means we had another successful show two weeks ago. We did the SEC ACC football preview. Man, I'm hyped up. I'm turned up. Like the pages on Facebook, the Thunderstorm Hip Hop Sports Entertainment Network, Inside the Eagles. GQ forever, all that stuff. Follow us on Twitter. You got me at GQ underscore the number four underscore EVA at B1233 at Javon BC1 at Storm Sports at Storm Radio 66. Excuse me, at Storm Sports 66. All that's on Twitter. Man, we're all over the place. Bookmarkers, Thunderstorm Media is on iTunes, TuneIn, and Stitcher. We also simulcast right now on Blog Talk Radio. We are going to have a ball tonight. I am tuned up and turned up. I have had both a Monster Energy drink and a Mountain Dew <laughs> Splash. I've had it all, man. Sugar is running through my body, and I don't think I have a stitch of food left. Where am I at, man? I'm so far on the most right now. 602 is the number. Uh, email the show, thunderstormradio at uh, gmail.com. Thunderstorms466 at gmail.com. We got us. Uh, we got ourselves up on here on the Facebook Messenger. Uh, I'm on Skype right now. I'm waving at y'all on Skype. What's up, people? Um, there's some scary-looking people on Skype. Be gracious, the last. <laughs> but I love y'all because y'all rocking with us. Roll call. Greensboro, Greenville, Columbia. I see Raleigh. I see Durham. I see 702, which is Vegas, is on with us tonight. I see... Let's see, I see a little bit of, uh, I see some area codes I don't recognize, but welcome every single one of y'all to the show. We appreciate y'all for hanging out with us. Got a little football to talk about. What else is there, man? What else is there in the world? What, you thought we were going to talk about a little World Cup? Nah. You thought we were going to talk a little Major League Baseball? Nah. <laughs> thought we were going to talk a little NBA? Nah. 
The NFL is back, man. And once again, proving my point that football is just better than everything else. Who cares about the National Basketball Association? Millions and millions of people just tune in to watch a 5 nothing thrilling victory at the hands of the Cleveland Browns over the world champion Philadelphia Eagles, one of the highest-rated preseason games in the history of preseason. Uh, did a little bit better than the finals. I'm just going to throw that one out there. <laughs> Welcome, my co-host and my co-pilots to the broadcast. My man Trail is on the line and my man D.C. What's up, fellas? Going What's on? going on? What's going on? We here. You know what time it is. You know what time it is. Football is back, and preseason games are doing much better in the rankings and the ratings, according to Nielsen, uh, than Major League Baseball is doing. Preseason games are doing a lot better than the finals did. People would rather watch a football game that doesn't count in the National Football League than watch the, the finals of the NBA. That is a fact that has been proven over and over again, and it's been proven because millions of people tune in to watch a 5 nothing game. And um, I don't know if they'll be tuning in to watch the next one after that. That was tragic, man. The world champs are looking a little shaky right now, man, but it's preseason, and you can't judge anything by that. Heck, man, we went 4-0 on the Chip Kelly one time and stuck it up. <laughs> I thought people wanted to forget about that. Hey, Chip Kelly's now at UCLA. Um, uh, shout out to all my homeboys over there in Los Angeles, California, uh, the Bruin Nation. I don't know if I know anybody that goes to Southern Cal anymore, but I know a lot of people that went to UCLA, a lot of people that are currently at UCLA, and a lot of people that graduated, and they're hyped up about this Chip Kelly thing. He is a college coach, not an NFL coach, and um, just excited to see what he's going to do. College football is back next weekend. The NFL kicks off on September 6th. The champs, the guys in green, dropped the banner, man. How y'all feeling? Um, I mean, for me, you know, I'm a, I'm not a fan of the Eagles, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what they do because you know y'all got Carson coming back, so I really want to see how that knee holding up and how he gonna do mm-hmm. uh, with everything that he got going on, and I just want to see some of the, the you know the new pieces y'all got coming in, Mike Wallace. Um, you know, and, and some of y'all, you know, new pieces that y'all got. I want to see how that work out. So I'm really excited. You know, Michael Bennett, I want to see how he improved that D-line. Uh, and another thing that's going to stick out for me is your offensive line, how uh, y'all going to hold up. And I wanted to see if Jason uh, if Jason Peters going to be able to hold up this season. I think that's a, he a major key going into every season. Uh, sometimes he stays healthy and sometimes he don't. So, you know, just to see what happens with, with all that, your offensive line and everybody else. It's, it's going to be fun to see. The and birds like, are definitely the birds are definitely something to pay attention to in the coming in the coming months here, man. Um, NFC East, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. Probably towards the end of the show, I'm saving the best for last. The NFL calls it the money division. Why? Got four of the biggest fan bases and the four of the most popular franchises in the history of all the sports: the Cowboys, the Redskins, the Giants, the Eagles. Don't know if you've ever noticed. Anytime any one of these teams play an interdivisional game, it's always on national television so everybody can see it. You got the Jazz and the Cowboys, it's going to be on NBC Live. <laughs> if you got the Cowboys and the Eagles, it's going to be a primetime game. So we can't wait, man. We can't wait. We're saving the NFC East to a little bit later. And I bring up the NFC East because I got to bring in my homeboy, uh, 
this is this is different for me, man. I got like all different aspects of my life working together at the same time, man. Professionally, personally, everything. I got my little brothers from the storm on the line with me, and let's go ahead and bring him in via the thunderstorm hotline, all the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. My younger brother from another mother, Justin Grosso. Round of applause. What's going on, brother? Billy in the building. Billy in the building. Definitely in the building. <laughs> Everything's doing? good, man. Everything's good. Justin, okay. I always got to talk to somebody from Philly and ask them these questions when this happened, man. I'm going to take you back to What's February the 4th, right? Right. Got to take you back to February the 4th. I'm going to just going to talk what about a couple things, and I want you to tell me what you was feeling like <laughs> when you saw these things happen. What happened the score is 3-3. The score is 3-3. Right. Gary Blunt rips one off, and on the very next play, there's a play-action pass, and Nick Foles goes deep to Alshon Jeffrey, who does a beautiful pirouette in the end zone and comes down with the ball. Philly's up. What are you thinking right there, Justin Grosso? First of all, let me say, before that play went off or when it went snap to Corey Clement and he, he gives it to Trey Burton, I'm thinking, here goes another Doug Peterson reverse. That's not going to work. It's going to get tackled, loss of yards. But I couldn't believe that that happened. And I was like, man, we're playing aggressive. Eagles are going to win the Super Bowl. I felt it. Mm-hmm. So you knew right there the Philly oh, special. Yeah, you jumped ahead of me, man. Uh, I was going to get to the Philly. I was going to get to the Philly special, man. But we want to live this thing one step at a time. So what's going on when you see Alshon Jeffrey come down in and in, in that beautiful pirouette in the end zone? What what are you going? What's going through your mind at that time, man? I couldn't believe it, man. I couldn't. I mean, they're they're letting Foles, you know, throw whatever he wanted to. I mean, he was a different quarterback than what we've seen recently. But I, I mean, I was I was impressed with the aggressiveness that Doug Peterson was, you know, coming with. All right, we've been through the Philly okay. special. You uh you you enunciated the Philly special very well there. I'm gonna take you to something else. Nick Foles drops a dime over three receivers into the hands of Corey Clement. He tiptoes the side the, to the back of the end zone. It's ruled a touchdown after further review. Uh, the ball, there was a little bit of movement involved, but we've all seen the NFL films presentation by now, and the referees are discussing how a little bit of movement of the ball doesn't deem loss of control. The Eagles are aggressive again, and Foles throws one of the most perfect passes I've seen in all of football, not just the Super Bowl, but just in all of football. Perfectly placed into the hands of Corey Clement over three defenders. Justin Grosso, how are you feeling when you see that? I'll be honest. I didn't think it was a catch. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I was was nervous. I'm like, oh, man, here we go. Here we go with this rule. But, I mean, hey, perfect pass. Uh, I think Clement, you know, he shouldn't have switched hands with the ball in that situation. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not complaining. We'll take it. All right, we'll take it. We'll take it. All right, man. Got two more for you, and then we got to get into the to the illest and the most talked about NFL preview show on the web right now. I'm gonna take you to about two minutes, a little over two minutes left in the fourth quarter. It's second down and about two. The Eagles have just taken the ball, taken the lead back with a, uh, a touchdown by Zach Hurts. The Patriots had the ball, and in the back of everybody's mind is too much time for Tom Brady. He's gonna do it again. Tom Brady brings everybody out. It's second and two. And 
Brandon Graham finally makes his way back to Tom Brady. Strip sack fumble. Derek Barnett recovers. Justin Grosso, what are you and the citizens of Philadelphia feeling at that time? <laughs> well, we knew we were going to win the Super Bowl. I was I was actually surprised that uh, Doug Peterson didn't keep the aggressiveness on that next drive and just, you know, throw the ball, get a couple first downs. I mean, he played it smart. Uh, fortunately, Tom Brady didn't, you know, drive down the field on the next series to, you know, tie it up. But, yeah, I think at that point we knew it, it was over. It was our game. Uh, all right. But as you mentioned, um, I'm kind of liking the same boat you was in. Um, I was in the same boat you was in, Justin. I'm sitting here watching this, and with a little bit, with a few seconds before the two-minute warning, I'm thinking they should probably pass here. Even if they pass here, it still goes down by the two-minute warning. They they probably pick up the first down if they throw the ball. They probably don't if they run the ball. If they throw the ball, continue to be aggressive, as Doug Peterson's done through this entire game, we might pick up the first down. We might be able to solve this one away. They run the ball. They're stopped. They kick the field goal. They go up 41-33. And then they have to give the ball back to the Patriots. It seems like every time you play this team, you got to beat them four times. So, yeah. Tom Brady has another shot at the end of the game. He launches his team up to about midfield, and with about eight seconds left to go, he launches one after Brandon Graham fails to get him on the ground a second time. He launches one to the end zone in the direction of Rob Gronkowski, who wasn't jammed at the line of scrimmage. It's tipped around. It hits the ground. And Justin Grosso says... What's that? Hello? What are you saying? Hello? Sorry, Carl. After they hit the ball around in the end zone. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> the ball is tipped around after John Brady's failed Hail Mary. How are you feeling when yeah. you see the ball hit the ground and it's official zeros on the clock? How are you feeling? Silence like there just was. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right. That was fun. That was fun. All right, so here it is. Here it is, ladies and gentlemen. We take you back. The champs are back, um, along with 31 other teams who will try to make their way to Super Bowl 53, this time in Atlanta, the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Ladies and gentlemen, it's almost time to get into it. We're going to start the show off with my homegirls. The year issues, the most requested song of the night. Everybody's been feeling the microphone joint. They keep asking for it. We keep playing it. You listen to the storm. Keep it locked.
microphone. You're back on the storm, and we got an AFC preview here to do. Uh, the NFL's back, man. Um, it doesn't seem like it's been over six months since the Super Bowl happened, man. But thankfully it has been. Uh, Brian Dawson's in the Hall of Fame, so is Randy Moss, so is Terrell Owens, so is man, Ray Lewis Lewis. in there now, man. It's been, yes, yes, yes. It's been, it's been awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's been awesome, man. It's been awesome. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we did it last year. We'll do it again this year. Cue the music. Time for AFC. We start in the AFC North. Pittsburgh. Hmm. They bring back Big Ben. They bring back Le'Veon Bell. They bring back Antonio Brown. Big Ben, who seems to have no respect for Mike Tomlin and is always hitting about quitting out every time he gets in a bad mood, now says he wants to play two or three more seasons. And the Steelers drafted Mason Rudolph high. Cameron Hayward was injured in 2016. He earned all pro honors in 2018, but was snubbed by the Pro Bowl voters. My man... DC, this is your squad. What can we expect for the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2018? Man, you can expect you can expect us to mm-hmm. play off. You know what I'm saying? You can expect great from an old line, big game, like you said. You know, Le'Veon Bell, Tony O'Brien. You know, I can't go by the way. You know, the big B. We ain't ready at that. My defense line. I want to make sure you, I want to make sure we heard you. I want to make sure we heard you. I want to make sure we heard you because it sounds like you're too close to the microphone. Give me that one more time, DC. So my bad. Got a little excited. There. I was like, okay. As my O line, you can hear that I have Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. I kick her, you know, Boswell, you know, you know. Yeah, you got some haters in the background. It's, it's okay, though. Right? Then, my defense, my defense line, I look at these boys this season. Well, the little preview season, preseason. They, they get some decent. They just need a little more help. But I, I can see greatness. I see about an 8 and 8 record this year. I'm just being real. You say great. You can't call them greatness and they're going to be 8 and 8, DC. You can't do that. <laughs> Kicker's name because we really don't know who that is. So therefore, let's cut that out. 
for one, I got more faith in you than you got in your own team because I don't think they're going eight and eight. I see more like a eleven and five, twelve and four type season for them because of simple fact: your offense is fat, you got some defensive help, and your secondary is okay because you got some corners now. You didn't have a secondary last year. You lost the big middle. You lost your best middle linebacker, which y'all need to replace. And I say eleven and. I say 12 and 4, 11 and 5, that type of record. I'm not giving them an 8 and 8. Even though, if you're saying and you're giving them an 8 and 8, I probably should. But I'm not. All right, it's almost 9 o'clock. We got 31, we got 31 teams left. We got to keep it moving. The Bengals. Marvin Lewis is still a head coach, huh? 16 years, hasn't won a playoff game since he's been there. New offensive coordinator, Bill Lazor. New defensive coordinator, Terrell Austin. Vontaze Burpick, again, begins the season on the suspended list. This is the third year in a row where I think that's happened. Andy Dalton is in year seven. I'm not impressed. And Matt Barkley, drafted originally by the Philadelphia Eagles, is now the backup plan. Somebody give me something on the Bengals. I'm not seeing it. Uh, we could have just skipped them. I don't think they're going to do nothing. Uh, that's that's the 8-8 team right there. <laughs> That's the eight and eight team right there, mm-hmm. and I still don't see. And I mean, for the love of God, if he don't do nothing this year, Marvin Lewis got to get fired. I don't see how he catches. I don't see how he keeping his job. Like he must got a real great personality because that's the only way you can keep this job. Because he ain't did nothing productive since he had Carson Palmer and Chad Johnson. And then when he got Andy Dalton and AJ Green, they showed a little promise at the start of their careers, but now they just don't sell off. That's how I feel. So that's the eight and eighteen, my the division. The only thing I can think about with Marvin Lewis is it seems like Marvin Lewis has. I don't. I don't know about this dude, man. I think part of the thing is the Bengals were so bad. He at least restored them respectability. The fact that we have expectations about the Bengals says a lot about Marvin Lewis. Uh, the fact that he hasn't won a playoff game since they've been there says a lot more about Marvin Lewis. Uh, it may be time to move on. Uh, it might be time to put somebody else at the helm. Um, Justin Grasso, question for you. Can the Bengals overtake the mighty Steelers in the AFC North? Do they have a chance of winning this division? Absolutely not. I think uh, I'll probably say it's a seven and nine season for the Bengals. I don't. I mean, there's nothing to them. I don't see. I don't see them doing anything good. DC, can DC can the can the Cincinnati Bengals? Uh, Justin Grosso and uh, my man Trey apparently don't think so because they got him at 79, so they look like they're missing the playoffs. But, D.C., in your mind, any way this team can surprise us, get into the playoffs, and finally win a playoff game? No, there is no way. I'll no. I, I, I give, give it to the Bengals. That settles that. We move on to the Ravens. Ozzie Newsom, the great Ozzie Newsom, steps down after the season. He has done everything you've yeah. asked him to do. He has put Hall of Famers. Yeah. He has drafted Hall of Famers. He has cultivated a culture. Yeah. We probably haven't seen the last mm-hmm. couple of years, but he's cultivated one, and he's delivered two Super Bowls. Um, Same back. He did. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to be honest with you, Trail, because I know you all over this one. Alex Collins can play. Um, yeah. Michael Crabtree, Willie Sneed, the fourth, uh, these guys have been brought in. What does this say about the Ravens' offense? Do you see them overtaking the mighty Steelers in the AFC North? Yes, I do. Um, and I say that 
not because of the receiving core, because, but I will say this about our receiving core. The one thing that the Ravens are great at is bringing in uh, veterans at that wide receiver spot, a uh, wide receiver slash tight end, because you got to look at what we did with Derek Mason, what we did with uh, Shannon Sharp and Steve Smith. Uh, when these players were when these players were picked up by the Ravens, they came in as veterans and they did a real good job. So I think the receiving core will be respectable this year. It's going to be a major upgrade from last year. And um, I think this is the key. It's, the key is how long is it going to take the Ravens to realize that Lamar Jackson needs to be a starting quarterback. Um, he's going to make mistakes, I understand that. But the element of running the football that he brings to the game is a whole other element that the Ravens have not seen uh, ever in a quarterback that they've had. I think the closest thing we had to that was Steve McNair. And, you know, that's when he was a he was old by then. But, uh, you know, so I think that alone will put us over the top of the Steelers because we know our defense is going to be there. Uh, we got our corners who's coming back, and our defense is coming back a little stronger. So I think I think I can see my Ravens going between 10 and 6 and 11 and 5 for sure. Man, I've heard that you didn't bring up RG3. Justin Grosso, how long before Lamar Jackson takes the helm and is the starting quarterback of his team? Uh, I I don't think he, I don't think he does this year, but he's definitely an intriguing prospect. I just don't think mm-hmm. I, I think they're gonna stick with Flacco for this year, unless of course he he starts throwing interceptions like crazy. Then you throw in Lamar Jackson because you know that's what the the crowd's gonna want. But um. Uh, I think I think Flacco is. I mean, he's not good, but he's average. And I think you know he can get the job done. They'll be an okay team. I don't think they're a playoff team, but you know I think they'll have a okay season. Something interesting to note: the AFC North plays the AFC West and the NFC South. That means they get the likes of the the Raiders, the, the Chiefs. They get the Carolina Panthers. They get the Atlanta Falcons. They get the New Orleans Saints. NFC South put three teams in the playoffs last year, so everybody in the NFC North got a tough stretch. Everybody's got a tough schedule there. We go to the Browns. Hugh Jackson, Todd Haley, Tyrod Taylor, Baker Mayfield. They've added Jarvis Landry and Carlos Tide. Any shot that this team, uh, you know, does anything this year? Anybody want to step out on that limb? Dead silence. All right. <laughs> I got a question, <laughs> Justin Grasso. Um, let me see. Let me see. Is Hugh Jackson, Justin Grasso, in your opinion, the right guy to lead Cleveland out of the doldrums of the NFL and do something other than put up one win per season? I don't think, man. I've, I mean, I, I'm caught up on hard knocks now. I just, I don't see it, man. He, <laughs> but, does, he doesn't seem like a good coach. Right. Predicted on the finish. I'm gonna go out here first. In the AFC North, I got Pittsburgh winning the division. They're actually my second place team in the conference this year. I got Pittsburgh. I got the Bengals. I got the Ravens. I got the Browns. That's where I'm putting them. Oh, hold, hold, hold on, time out. Let me let me hear the prediction. How did they finish? <laughs> Ravens, Steelers, Bengals. No, Ravens, Steelers. Browns, Bengals. Got the Bengals in the cellar. Where you going, DC? How they finish? Oh, you know Pittsburgh on top as always. I 
I'll put Ravens behind this. Bengals then burn. All right, Justin, how you seeing them finishing the NFC? Excuse me, the AFC North. How you seeing it? Same order as that. Yeah, Steelers, Ravens, Bengals, Browns. Gotcha, gotcha. We move on to the AFC South, the Dirty South. The AFC South gets the NFC East. That's the Eagles, the Redskins, the Giants, the Cowboys. They get the AFC East, the Patriots, the Bills, the Jets, the Dolphins. Doesn't sound like too tough of a test in the conference. Let's start with the Jags. I like Doug Marone, and I've always liked Tom Coughlin. This team was good a long time ago. Tom Coughlin was running things. They disappeared for a while. Tom Coughlin came back. They got good again. Three years, $54 million extension for Blake Bortles. I got to know, fellas. Do the Jaguars take the next step? There's nowhere for him to go except finish out the AFC Championship game and get to the Super Bowl. Are they a Super Bowl team? Titans. Oh, 
example, mm. I think they're going to, I think they'll take a step back. And this is why. Because, for one, I think the offensive line, I, I think it's, it's getting better, but it hasn't gotten to the point where we can consider them a consistent playoff team. Uh, their, their linebacking core still leaves a lot to be desired. I like the addition of Malcolm Butler. I think he helps out that secondary a lot. And um, I really think they need some more weapons at that receiver spot. Uh, I know they drafted Corey Davis, but um, I, I just have to wait and see what he comes in and does. If he comes in and, and he plays like the top pick that he was, I think, uh, you know, they, they'll be better for it. But until I actually see it, I got to go with they're going to take a step back. Well, he didn't play like a top-tier receiver last year. That's for sure. Justin Grosso, we've already – I think we've all agreed that we got the Jags in the playoffs with a good shot to make it to Super Bowl 53. Tennessee is now on the, on the, on the hot seat. Do you see this team having enough firepower to make it to the postseason? No, I think the the Titans take a step back for sure. I think last year they were probably the weakest playoff team. And I think, you know, they're, they're in a tough division. I think uh, Houston – well, I won't get to it yet, but I think Houston's going to be a lot better with Watson back. I don't, I don't think Titans have enough star power to make it. All right, you brought the Texans. Let's go ahead and get into the Texans. Deshaun Watson. Must play an entire season. We've all seen that. J.J. Watt must play an entire season. This team looks really, really good. And then when one person gets hurt, the whole thing falls apart. Is this a really, really good team? Or is this just an okay team with some really, really good players? Which one is it, fellas? Uh, it's a really, really good team with good players. Especially since uh, some of the, well, the big addition they added this season was Kyra Matthew, the safety. Uh, they needed somebody back there to control, you know, that defense in the back on the back end. So now they kind of they got what they needed in the front line with Jadavion Clowney and, uh, and JJ Watt. If he can stay healthy for the whole season, I think that'll be a great. But now you got somebody in that backfield uh, behind those guys that you really have to account for, uh, and I, I like that. So I think with that, and of course Watson got to stay healthy. I think they'll be a great team. D.C., Jesse, anything you fellas want to add? Uh, I mean, I, I agree with mostly everything you said. Uh, I think that uh, Houston's probably going to be one of the toughest teams in the AFC as long as Watson stays healthy. I think they upgraded big time in, on the defense. Uh, obviously, I like that they brought in the Honey Badger. I like they drafted uh, Justin Reed from Stanford. So, mm-hmm. definitely, yeah. definitely big on the Texans this year. Uh, mm-hmm. same here, same here. I heard y'all didn't bring up Brandon. I heard y'all didn't bring up Brandon Wheaton. They got Brandon Wheaton, fellas. Like Deshaun Watson, they got Brandon Wheaton. <laughs> <laughs> you funny, man. You funny. Let's yeah, go to the Colts, man. Let's go to the Colts. I'm gonna be honest with y'all, man. Regardless of what everybody else says, I like Andrew Luck. I think Andrew Luck. If Andrew Luck can ever get himself healthy, I think he's one of the top ten quarterbacks in the league. I think he's better than Matt Ryan. I think Andrew Luck is a great, great talent. I just think he just got the health issues and he just can't get it together. But in the, even to say all that, I think they're in the summer this year. I just don't think they have enough firepower. I think they're lucky if they get to 500. That's just me. Trail, what's your opinion? Well, I'm with you. I feel like they're lucky if they get to 500. 
and it won't be because of him. Because like you, I don't think he's a great quarterback. It's just uh, like we. I just think the Colts haven't done enough to put enough pieces around him to where he can make a true playoff run, uh, especially when it comes to the defensive side. They have no defensive pieces that uh, helps him out at all. And uh, they're very slim at the receiver spot. Uh, and those are the weapons that he has to use. So I think, like you, he's a good quarterback. He just don't got the pieces. And for that, they'll be in the cellar. Anyway, there, Justin? Uh, I mean, I agree with you guys. I don't think, you know, I don't think Colts really have have what it takes. Uh, I'm I'm on the other side with the Andrew Luck thing. I think he's overrated. Uh, he didn't show enough, obviously, because he's hurt all the time. But I just think they took too many steps back while he was out, and I just I don't I don't see it. We're gonna learn a lot about them in their first five games. Week one, Cincinnati. Week two, the Redskins. They got the Eagles in week three. The Texans in four. And then they got the the Patriots in Week Five, so we're gonna learn about a lot about them in the first five games. Hold up. Yep. Yeah, we're about to see if that shoulder can really hold up now. <laughs> DC, yeah. it's on you. Yes or no? Is Andrew Luck what we say he is? Is he good or not? Yeah, yeah, I like Andrew Luck. He was my uh, he's my fantasy quarterback for a while. He got me major points, but still, he doesn't have enough around him. He doesn't have enough weapons, so I don't see the coach going too far. All right, I'm going to speed it up a little bit. I'm going to speed it up. The producers are telling me speed it up, speed it up. We got 32 teams to do. AFC East plays the AFC South and the NFC North. Uh, before we get to that, I got Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and I got um, – wait a minute. What am I talking about? We were talking about the AFC South, right? My bad. Jags, Texans. I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to go Jags. I'm going to say Tennessee is good but not playoff worthy. Jags, Tennessee, Texas, Titans. We move on to the AFC East. The Patriots have given away Jimmy Garoppolo, Nate Solder, Deion Lewis, Malcolm Butler, Brandon Cooks, and Danny, Danny Amendola. Everybody's gone. The uh, big, the big things we talk about, the Patriot way and do your job, all seem like they don't have the same team they used to. Matt Patricia, the defense coordinator, now coaches the Detroit Lions. Trail, how are you feeling about the New England Patriots? Um, I feel like, as bad as I hate to say it, they're going to be in the same spot they're always in. They're going to be a serious contender for a Super Bowl. Uh, we've seen Tom Brady. It doesn't matter the pieces you put around him. It don't matter the, the circumstances that he's put in. He always finds a way to make it, to get his team to the Super Bowl. And uh, as long as they got the defense they have, pieces they have, they'll still be a Super Bowl contender. The Patriots are in a situation where we're not used to seeing the Patriots. A lot of drama seems to be going on. There seems to be a lot of beefing between players and the coach. Justin, is this situation in New England unrepairable? Are they just going to continue to do what they always do and get back into the title hunt? Yeah, they're going to do what they always do. I think uh, I think they patched up their issues. There really hasn't been anything going on behind the scenes. It's the New England Patriots. It's Tom Brady. And, you know, they'll probably – probably be right back in the AFC championship again at least. All right. The Buffalo Bills, Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott got this team to the playoffs in their first season together. The new OC is Brian DeBall, who won a national championship as the offensive coordinator in Alabama. AJ McCarron and Nathan Peterman are battling for the starting spot while Josh Allen gets ready. Fellas, Trail, D.C., 
Whoever wrote this, go ahead and take this one. What say is ye about the Buffalo Bills? Um, they're going to take a step back. Simple. They're going to take a step back because you replaced Tyrod Taylor with Josh Allen. I like Josh Allen, but I think he's one of those quarterbacks. Uh, and I'm going to say this. I think your quarterback uh, down there in Philadelphia really hurt him, and I'm going to tell you why I say that. Because when Carson Wentz came out, Everybody looked at his measurables, the six five, and he was a big quarterback that could, you know, that could run. And he came from a small school. And then when you drafted him, he turned out to be what everybody thought he could be, and he was a great quarterback. Now, Josh Allen has the same measurables. Everybody still talks about him like they used to talk about Wentz. He got the big arm, but I don't think he has the intangibles of a Carson Wentz. I don't think he can lead a team like Carson Wentz. I just think that it's leadership intangible that he just doesn't have at this moment. So for that, I think they got swindled because they thinking that, oh, we got us another steal like Carson Wentz. He came from a small school, and uh, he's going to ride to be something big, and I just don't think it's going to be that. I think they're going to take a step back. Uh, he don't have – I think he only has one piece on offense, and that's LeSean McCoy because uh, Kelvin Benjamin can't really stay healthy. So I think they'll take a step back. I don't like Kelvin Benjamin at all. I hate – I hate it for any quarterback who has to say that that's their number one receiver. Um, I, yep. I just don't see it. And the O-line is in flux as well. Um, I don't know. I don't see it. I'm saying they don't, but I'm going to go ahead and ask D.C. D.C., simple question. Do the Bills make the playoffs again in 2018? No way. No way. Simple answer. Simple answer. <laughs> the New York Jets. They now have Sam Donald. Tell you something about USC quarterbacks. No quarterback from the University of Southern California has ever started and won a Super Bowl. That includes former Jet Mark Sanchez. The Jets haven't made it to the postseason since 2010, and I say, and I've always said, they will not until they get rid of Todd Bowles as their head coach. I know Todd Bowles. He was a coordinator for about a week in Philadelphia. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Terrell Pryor is on the roster. They got another quarterback, too, except he's playing wide receiver now. <laughs> Who starts quarter- at quarterback for the Jets in 2018? Who finishes? What you guys think? Um, For me, I say, uh, I say Teddy Bridgewater starts. He's going to stink up the joint like he always does. Uh, you know, because I, I don't really know how he's going to be coming off the injury. So I think he'll he going to struggle because, for one, he ain't going to have the pieces that he had uh, with Minnesota. And now you have to really be a quarterback and you can't be a game manager. And after uh, he struggles, as we all know, with rookie quarterbacks, the, the crowd is going to call for Sam Donald and they're going to get him because the Jets will finally realize, hey, we're going to be in the tank anyway, so we might as well see what we got. And that's how Sam Donald would get it. I think uh, I think the best shot for Sam Donald to be successful was if he had been drafted to that other New York team, which is probably what that other New York team should have done, instead of trying to always take care of those fragile feelings of Eli Manning and trying not to hurt Eli Manning's feelings. Justin, so are you, buddy. I agree with that. Yeah. How long before yeah. Sam Donald takes the wheel with the Jets? I think Sam Darnold starts the season off. Um, you know, Bridgewater looks Ooh, good. I, I think you. I honestly think they might they might trade Bridgewater. I don't know. 
Ooh, I think, boy. you know, oh, I think, uh, you know, they, they, like I said, you know, they did with the Eagles. The Eagles weren't supposed to play Carson Wentz. He was a third stringer. And then he started off his rookie season. So I, I think the Jets mm-hmm. are probably going to do the same thing. Like, hey, throw him in. Why not? Gotcha. Right. The Miami Dolphins. Mm-hmm. I think their fans deserve better. This is one of the most loyal fan bases in all the sports. I don't think this team can win six games for them, though. Adam Gaines looks lost sometimes. It's his third year. Tannehill was good. He was actually progressing in each of his five years, and then he had that injury, and he has never gotten things going again. And now they brought in, of all people, Brock Osweiler. I'm laughing when I think about the Miami Dolphins, man. I'm going to go to you on this one, Justin. Throw your curveball. Justin, tell me something about Miami, man. Is there anything we should be paying attention to? No. (laughs) (laughs) This this division is garbage when you look at it on paper. Um, Yeah, no, Dolphins, Dolphins aren't doing anything. And I'm with you. I'm with you, man. I think a lot of the success, and I think the reason a lot of Patriots fans are spoiled and why they don't understand one of the most bandwagon fan bases in all the sports, I believe. I've never met a Patriots. I knew three Patriots fans my whole life, and I know all of them. The Patriots fan base is bandwagon and it's spoiled, and what they don't realize is you potentially have the best quarterback of all time and the greatest coach of all time at the exact same time. That's never going to happen again. The Miami Dolphins haven't replaced Dan Marino yet. And then, mm-hmm. in addition to that, all your rivals, the Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins, all fell on hard times for like 15 years. You were good for 15 years. Mm-hmm. They all stuck it up for 15 years. I, it's the same as it always is. I got Pats, Bills, Jets, Dolphins. Go ahead and rank them. Where you got them at, uh, Trail? I'm going to start with you. Uh, same as you, Pats, Bills, uh, Jets, and Dolphins. D.C., rank them. Pass Bills, Jets, and yeah, Dolphins. Same. All right, that's uh, that's three in a row. We got a clean sweep. What you thinking, Justin? How they finish? I'll change it up. I'll go with uh, Pass Bills, uh, Jets, Dolphins. Or no, wait. Oh, that's that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's, that's all right. That's not changing it up. This division is garbage, nope. like I said. <laughs> well. All right, clean sweep. We all see it the same way. We go to the AFC West. A lot of people are really excited about the Chargers, man. Now, some people think the Chargers didn't do anything. They look about the, the, the crosstown. It's, it's weird to say the crosstown Rams when you're talking about the Chargers, but that's exactly what it is. But the Chargers went 9-7 and seven a year ago. They have a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like this team, man. I like Melvin Gordon, but I don't feel like he needs to carry the ball 284 times again. Um. The best the best offseason acquisition might have been the addition of former Eagles kicker Caleb Sturgis. <laughs> Anybody got anything they want to add about the Chargers? If I could add anything, man, it would be I love the uh, the draft pick they had, Derwin James. I love him. I wanted my Baltimore Ravens to draft him. Even though we got Lamar, and I'm happy with Lamar, I would have loved to see Derwin James in a Ravens uniform. Because uh, so, I think he's going to be one of the safeties that changed the game. Uh, when you think of Ed Reed, Troy Palomalu, uh, Sean Taylor, I think he'll be mentioned in that class. And I love the pickup. And he's going to be a great addition to their defense. 
cool. Derwin James is an excellent pick, by the way. Um, AFC West plays the NFC West and the AFC North, for those who are paying attention. Um, and we got the, and the Kansas City Chiefs now. Andy Reid, I watched him for years, and I've, I still believe Andy Reid is the same dude he was when he was in Philly. Things will never change. He's like the uh, – I don't know how to describe it except to say you're going to win a lot of regular season games, you're going to put up a lot of points, and you'll do nothing in the playoffs. That is who Andy Reid is. But he's got Patrick Mahomes, and a lot of people are excited. Trail, what you got? Oh, you know what? I'm not as big on this team as everybody might be. And this is why. When I look at Patrick Mahomes, I kind of see him. He's like a – he's really mistake prone. Like, he, he'll make a couple good plays for you, but you always know he's going to make a few bad ones. And I think the few bad ones that he's going to make uh, is going to prove why Alex Smith was so big for this team. Because the one thing that you could rely on with Alex Smith was he he made people may call him a game manager, but he he rarely made mistakes. And when you have the pieces like they have, they have an offense that can win right now. Uh, of course, they take a step back on the defense, but I think their offense then deep in the playoffs. But because now you add a mistake prone quarterback, it may be a little more difficult. Um, but I I think they'll finish middle of the pack, eight and eight, ten and six type. Uh, that's what I think about them. I got them. I got them. I got them right around ten and six. I'm thinking of in, if everything goes right, they're eleven and five, twelve and four. Like I said, uh, superb regular season, and then they'll tank it in the division round. Same thing all the time. Yeah. Sammy Watkins, Kenneth Fuller, mm-hmm. been at it. Uh, I think Anthony Hitchens has been at it. DC, what you got on the Chiefs? Yeah, he was. Chiefs, like 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 we all said, I can see them perfect in the regular season. Just the playoffs, man. That's the only thing I'm worried about. I just don't see them going no further than that. So. Yeah, I didn't get that. Right. Right. On the Thunderstorm Hotline, Justin Grasso, is Patrick Mahomes a legitimate franchise quarterback? Uh, I mean, I, I like Patrick Mahomes. I'm going to have to agree he's very mistake. He's, like, prone to mistakes. He's going to throw a lot of interceptions. I think he'll be one of those quarterbacks who throws more interceptions mm-hmm. and touchdowns in the first season. But, um mm-hmm. I mean, I, I like what they got. I like Ty- Tyreek Hill. You know, he's a he's a home run hitter sometimes, and Kareem Hunt. He's a really good running back. So I think you know the Chiefs will be good, but they won't be good enough. All right, fair enough. Hey, can, I, can I ask a quick question? Can I ask a quick question, real fast? Yeah, real fast, just real yeah. fast. For my Eagles fans, uh, I, for both of y'all, I got a question. Will because uh, with, with Andy Reid, man, we see Andy Reid as a coach that. He does great in the regular season, but when he gets to the playoffs, uh, his teams always seem to they run out of gas. He did it with the Eagles. I think the only time he didn't really run out of gas was the season y'all had T.O. And y'all made it all the way to that playoff. But with that offense, it was hard not to make it. But what I'm saying is, will that leave an asterisk by his name for a Hall of Famer? Or will his struggles in the playoffs, will that matter in if we consider him to be a Hall of Famer? I think Andy Reid is a Hall of Famer, um, the same way I see okay. Marty Schottenheimer as a Hall of Famer. Marty Schottenheimer okay. is that guy who was the same thing, great in the regular season, but then gets to the playoffs and gets too conservative. Andy Reid is kind of that, in the, but a little bit more offensive-minded. Uh, probably take a little bit more chances, but never really 
never really was a good drafter of players, in my opinion. Um, Andy Reid had this theory. Every single draft, he's going to take, like, an offensive lineman or a defensive lineman. Uh, every once in a while, you got a Fletcher Cox or something of that nature, but more often than not, you got, what, uh, Jerome McDougal. You had uh, Trevor Laws. Yeah, Danny Watkins, the 20, I think it was like a 30-year-old fireman. <laughs> so I've never seen him as a good drafter of players. I mean, he can pick them up in free agency pretty well or add pieces to the team later, but I just I just never, uh, I don't know, just never got it with Andy. I, I think he's a Hall of Famer. I, I mean, it, it sucks he doesn't have the, the Super Bowls to back it up, but I, I do think he makes the Hall of Fame. Okay. Yeah. When is this coach in the history of the Eagles, um, which may not say much of it, but, I mean, he's, I think he's done enough. Yeah. So, we got the Raiders, okay. who are soon to be the Las Vegas Raiders, and they've brought back John Gruden. Last time this team was relevant, last time this team won in the playoffs, they got rid of John Gruden. And a team that John Gruden built got to the Super Bowl, and they ran into John Gruden. <laughs> And it got demolished in the Super Bowl. Well, now Gruden's back, and some people are wondering, is the tactics too old? Can he connect with these younger players now? Is he really the guy? I'm, I'm still stuck on the fact that the Raiders are moving to Las Vegas. That's where it ends for me. Fellas, what y'all got on the Raiders? Oh, for me, I think I got to go here. I, I've been talking to some of my friends, and they, they tell me I'm kind of crazy and I should put more respect on this man's name. But I don't like the signing of John Gruden. I think what got him that job was the fact that he was on Monday Night Football and he called out that one play, Spider 2, Y Banana. Just because you can call out Spider 2, Y Banana, you can get a $100 million contract and you can be a head coach in the, in the National Football League. Because before, because what people fail to realize is before he got fired by Tampa Bay, his record was not good. After he won that Super Bowl with Tampa Bay, that his record from then on was not good. When he bought in Cadillac Williams, it did not work. So I'm trying to figure out how does that benefit you? How how did he get a hundred million dollar contract based off of the resume that he had? And I, the only thing I can come up with is because you get the Monday Night Football, people see you on a weekly basis, and every time we hear you, you talking about Spider Two Y Banana. And so for that, uh, I, I just think they're gonna they're gonna be the middle of the pack team, eight mate for me. Right. He's got a lot of work to put some things back together. Um, the Raiders seem to be falling apart in front of our eyes again. Looks like they were starting to make a run in the right direction, but I don't know. Um, Gruden, I go the other way. I think um, they had the referees call that thing right, and if Charles Woodson doesn't get penalized for being a, a magnificent athlete who gets the time ready like a second too early, if he gets there like a second later, all of a sudden it's a fumble. The Raiders go to the Super Bowl, and we might be might not be talking about Tom Brady. Uh, I like Gruden. I agree with you that things kind of fell apart for him in Tampa Bay, and I think a lot of his run later on in Tampa Bay was based off of uh, the reputation he had built up up to before that point. But um, it's a definitely an interesting conversation piece. Justin, I'm going to ask you, and I'm going to ask you as well, D.C., can John Gruden duplicate what he did in his first stint with the Raiders? Uh, I I don't think so, personally. I think he's trying to, you know, he came in and, you know, he's doing the whole, you know, we got to take it back old school and, 
you know, bringing in the the older players that were, you know, kind of has-beens and whatnot, I don't, I don't think they're going to have it this year. D.C., can Joe Rubin duplicate what he did in his first stint with the Raiders? I don't think so. Like like everybody's saying, bring back these old plays with these new players, man, it's not going to work. you got to bring something new and fresh to the table. So I can, I can see the Raiders struggling this year. Denver has added Case Keenum. Once upon a time, Mike Shanahan won a Super Bowl, and he never won another playoff game. Never did. People don't believe that, but that's what happened. Mike Shanahan won two shirts with John Elway, and it was over. It's been two and a half years now since the Broncos won the Super Bowl, and they haven't even made the playoffs since. And, fellas, I don't think they make it this year. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and tell y'all, I think Denver finishes in the cellar. Case Keenum is not the answer. I don't see it. I'm going to rank them, and then I'm going to pitch it to y'all. I got Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos in the AFC West. How do you guys see it? Well, I'm the same. Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Because I just don't think. Uh, for me, I'm going to say this, and then I'll pass it on. John Gruden, I, John Elway, is kind of like Michael Jordan in the sense of they were great players, but when it comes to being GM a team, they're really not that good. The only major hits that I've seen John Elway have is on the defensive side with Von Miller, and I think he drafted Chris Harris, if I'm not mistaken. But outside of that, the quarterback he brought in, Paxton Lynch, underperformed. Uh, and I think if you were one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, you should know quarterbacks. And he just doesn't. Case Keenum will not be the answer for that. I agree with you. They're going to finish in the cellar. What you got, Justin? Uh, go with, uh, I'd probably say Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. So, same as you. All right, cool. Oh, you cool. Said, Where you at with it? DC, where you at with it? Same. Chiefs, Broncos, and yeah, the other two. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have the Broncos second. We had the Broncos in the cellar. Uh, you, oh, you didn't. No, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had the Broncos no, second. I said Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, Broncos. Yeah, that might be all the time. <laughs> That's what we got. I was about to say, I'm not going to let you do that. No, huh? You know what I meant, man. Fellas, the AFC is done. We got the NFC coming up. Before we do that, let's take a break. We got Mature to Serve and Black Hearts. You listen to the storm. Keep it locked. Won't get now. The damn soul 
going up and won't quit now. No. Telling us to lay down, no, we stay down. Wanna find the answer to all of the evil? Gotta look behind the ribs of the people. I'm talking about. So we can have life, have life. Turn the blacks and rose in the white so clean. Switch the dark in my heart for a light Let it shine. Put me on the hill so I can shine bright Boy, I messed up, bro, with the lifestyle Cause I thought of myself so worthwhile No mile, I was headed to the five stars At what cost, six blunts in my pants hard Fit for dark in the face with no name tag I was better Columbine in the bloodbath But I was trying to waste in on a cell scale Nothing for a post bail Even Paul had trouble trying to do right Trying to go left every time and yet he go right But he knew right or wrong and he still struggled Deep inside he was fighting with a black muscle Go ahead and get a 
I'm going to go ahead and give you like the uh, – so that gets, means Jags and Tennessee will meet in the wild card. The Chiefs will meet the Chargers. And a little bit later on the show, I'm going to tell you how all that works out and who makes it to Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta. Before we get to that, we go to the, the NFC. Let's start in the NFC North. The Minnesota Vikings, ladies and gentlemen, have done more in the offseason than just cry about losing to the Philadelphia Eagles for six months. If you remember a couple months ago, uh, maybe about a month ago, I gave them the Penny Whopper Award because they just can't leave it alone, take the L, and get over it. But they did a little something in the offseason. They went and gave $84 million to Kirk Cousins. <laughs> they didn't do that because they think it anything other than the Super Bowl. They didn't give Kirk Cousins $84 million to lose to the Eagles again in the NFC Championship game. They went 13-3 and a season ago without Kirk Cousins and without Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, off injured, even in Florida State, is now back. Kirk Cousins is supposed to be the missing piece. They think he's an upgrade to Case Keenum. Trail, is Kirk Cousins enough? Does he get the Minnesota Vikings over the hump? Um, this is a hard one for me because, oh, boy, I think he is. I give it to him. I think he is because uh, if you look at his numbers, I think he's had great numbers. I don't know if it was eighty four eighty four was eighty four eighty one. I don't know if it was eighty million dollars worth, but eighty four million. I do think he eighty four million. Okay, I just want to make sure I was right. So I don't think it was eighty four million dollars worth, especially all guaranteed. But uh, I'm gonna say this: now that it's all guaranteed, that he's been talking about. A contract with uh, he was talking about that contract with the Redskins, and he was, you know, had that chip on his shoulder. Well, now you got the contract, so now it's time to produce. So uh, I'm hoping and praying he's a missing piece because if he's not, that's going to be a waste of 84 million. But I think they have a great receiving core. I like Dalvin Cook as the starting running back. I think he's going to be great. I've always said that since he came out of Florida State, and um, I like their defense. So yes, I do think Kirk Cousins can be the missing piece. I. Kirk Cousins is a missing piece. Justin Grasso, can Kirk Cousins lead the Vikes to the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know about Super Bowl, but I think that Kirk Cousins is definitely a huge upgrade from Keenum. Uh, I always I always said even when Cousins was in Washington, even when he struggled sometimes, I still think that he's, you know, underrated. Uh, I think, you know, they're going to be a really good team. I think the only thing in their way, is their division. I think, you know, that's one of the tougher divisions in football. So, but I, I think Kirk Cousins definitely makes them a much better team than they were with Case Keenum. D.C., can Kirk Cousins lead the Vikes to the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think I think so. I think Kirk might be the missing piece that they need, man. Because, I mean, you can get that far with Case Keenum and Madden, you do with Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins is, is, a, is a pretty good quarterback. So, I say, yeah. All right. Can I answer? The answer is no. Kirk Cousins cannot lead the Minnesota Vikings to the Super Bowl. This is why. Kirk Cousins is overrated, man. Kirk Cousins has a losing record against teams with winning records. Kirk Cousins lights it up against teams who can't play, and he doesn't show up against teams who can. You know why Kirk Cousins won't lead the Vikings to the Super Bowl? Because they won't even win this division. You know who will? The guys from Green Bay, Wisconsin, and they're next. Aaron Rodgers is back. He was missing. Anybody remember that? 
<laughs> Eric Crofton is back. This is the best team in this division. I got Green Bay finishing with a – I'm actually saying on this one, man, I think Green Bay, if they don't finish in the top two seeds, they definitely win the NFC North. But they got a good shot to overtake one of these top two-seeded teams that I'm going to give you guys later. But uh, Aaron Rodgers is back. Jordy Nelson is gone, but I think Devontae Adams is better. Um, the right side of the O-line is questionable. The left side is good. They've added Muhammad Wilkinson. Um, I think this guy wasted a lot of good energy in New York, and I do think the Green Bay Packers are back. And I do think Green Bay has a shot as long as um, Aaron Rodgers is on the field. Anybody disagree with that? I'm going to go to you first. Uh, let's go to you first, Justin. Green Bay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think Green Bay's got what it takes to win the division. If Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback, it's the same thing with the the Patriots with Tom Brady. Tom Brady's a quarterback, you probably win your division. Same same scenario over here in Green Bay. Uh, I think they definitely uh, win the division. You know, Vikings – Vikings fans are worried about the Eagles, but, you know, they got to worry about the, you know, the NFC North first. Uh, DC, what you got? How you feeling about Green Bay? Oh, man, I did forget about Green Bay. Uh, you can't you can't sleep on A-Rod, man. That's all I got to say. Well, I got to say, I'm going to tell you right now, I say they get in as a wild card. But because their defense is some garbage, I like the front line, but the linebackers and the secondary is garbage. The only thing they got in the secondary that's worth talking about is Clinton Ha-Ha Dix. After that, the secondary is garbage. So it don't mean nothing if you can put up points if your defense can't stop nobody. So because the Minnesota Vikings have a defense that can actually stop people and take the ball away, I think that is why they will win the division and Aaron Rodgers will be a wild card. Fair enough. Fair enough. The NFC North plays the AFC East. That means they get the uh, they get the the Patriots, um, and they get the rest of the AFC East. They get the Bills. They get the Jets. They get the Dolphins. The NFC North also plays the NFC West. So they get the 49ers. They get the Seattle Seahawks. They get the Los Angeles Rams. And let me go ahead and say this: uh, I'm gonna actually I'm gonna actually volley that ball back towards you, Trail. You give me Aaron Rodgers in two games against the Minnesota Vikings, and he's got to go up against Kirk Cousins. Again, it's the same thing it's always been. Kirk Cousins falters in those situations almost all the time. I don't know how this man got $84 million, to be honest with you. I have watched every single game this guy has played with the Washington Redskins. He is not the guy. Aaron Rodgers against this guy twice gives Green Bay two wins. Uh, you got Kirk Cousins going against Tom Brady, you going with Kirk Cousins in that one? Probably not. <laughs> you got Kirk Cousins against Philip Rivers. You think Kirk Cousins goes against Philip Rivers and wins? I don't think so. I don't see it, man. I don't see it. But more on that in a second. We got to keep it going. Everybody keeps rushing me, man. They keep they keep giving me this figure. Like keep it going, man. Hurry up. It's nine forty one. Chicago. Matt Nagy takes over, and he gets to lead Mitch Trubisky. Mitch Trubisky, I don't know if anybody knows this, has started 25 games since high school. Chase Daniel is there just in case Mitch Trubisky doesn't work out. The Chicago Bears finally found a receiver to replace Alshon Jeffrey, and it's Allen Robinson. But he's two years removed from the ACL tear. Is Mitch Trubisky the guy who can take Chicago 
and say these guys are ready to compete with Green Bay and Minnesota. What do you think about that, Justin? Uh, I'm not I'm not sold on Trubisky yet. I think Chicago is going to be a lot better this year. I don't think they're a playoff team, but I think uh, I can't really answer it right now. I think this this season's definitely a big test for them. Uh, they do got a lot of talent over there, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he's the answer to all their quarterback problems. All right, what are you feeling about uh, what are you feeling about the the Chicago Bears? Um, go to you first, Trail. Uh, I agree with Justin, man. Uh, I see them as – I think they'll be better, but they're definitely not a playoff team. Um, I think Mr. Trubisky still got a learning curve to go through. And um, for me, I like the addition of Allen Robinson, but I just don't think it's enough because uh, Kevin White, uh, their top receiver that they drafted a couple of years ago, he still hasn't proven himself. So until he gets some pieces around him that's worth uh, – that can lead him, I don't think he'll be – there'll be a playoff team. DC, what you got? Mm-hmm. I can say that Chicago will have probably a better record, but as far as competing with Green Bay and them and playoffs, I don't see it happening. All right. Um, now, I, I, I brought up Aaron Rodgers versus Kirk Cousins and was volleying with my main man, Trail, because I also wanted to bring up another point, Trail, and I want to get your opinion on this. We mentioned Kirk Cousins and his inability to show up in big games. We mentioned mm-hmm. his record over and over again against winning teams. The Lions mm-hmm. missed the playoffs literally by one yard last season. Mm-hmm. And that would have made him a wild card for the second year in a row. The Lions have a quarterback, Matt Stafford, who just signed a five-year extension, which I personally believe he deserves. Matt Stafford doesn't get the credit he deserves because he plays for Detroit. Matt Stafford took mm-hmm. a step backwards because he lost Calvin Johnson, but Matt Stafford is the guy. Trail, I don't mm-hmm. even believe Kirk Cousins can be Matt Stafford twice. How do you feel about that? I disagree with. I disagree with you. Okay, because I think what what we have to take into account was the pieces Kirk Cousins had around him. He after Deshaun Jackson left, he they gave him. I mean, he never really had no pieces after that. I'll give you Jordan Reed. Jordan Reed and Vernon Davis was his two best targets. I mean, Josh Dobbs and Jay uh, Crowder was his receivers. Like, he never really had the pieces. So, I think if you put the right pieces around him with a running game that he's never had in Washington, then he can be the Kirk Cousins. He can be $84 million worth. So this is what I guess this is my side of the argument. Is it Kirk Cousins that get that didn't get Washington to the playoffs, or or didn't have is the reason why he didn't have the success that we expect him to have, or was it the team that was around him? And in my eyes, it was the team that was around him because he never really had the pieces to be considered an elite quarterback and lead that team with. I think if you give a guy $84 million, he better be he better be Tom Brady and he better be Aaron Rodgers and he better win regardless of who he got around him. It's $84 million. That's just but me. The, the team, but, uh, but, the pieces, but the pieces around him now, yeah, of course he better win with these pieces. But I'm saying the reason why we didn't see that same success in Washington was because Washington don't have a receiver near as good as Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. Never. They don't have a running back near as good as Dalvin Cook. 
they don't have the defense near as good as the defense as Minnesota had. So now that you put him in that system, yeah, now he has pressure to produce. But with the team he just left in Washington, it was a struggle. So, of course, we're going to look at him for what he did, but you can't put that all on him. I disagree with that totally. Uh, Josh Doxson, Jermaine Crowder, uh, they had they, – they've had the pieces made. Um, the, the Haitian guy, yeah. what was his name? Josh Doxson can play – Josh Dawson can play. You give you give Jordan Reed. You give Jordan Reed to Aaron Rodgers. Okay, but that's you give Vernon Davis to Aaron Rodgers. All of a sudden, it looks like he's just better. Jamison Crowder man can play in this league. Man, man, listen. They gave that man Terrell Pryor as his top receiver. Terrell Pryor, and he could trade. We were just laughing about, but he's not. He was a he was a Pro Bowl. He was a Pro Bowler with the Cleveland Browns. Exactly. He, he was a pro bowler with the Cleveland Browns. He go to Kirk Cousins. He's supposed to be the guy now. He got one magical season out of him. Now we actually like Terrell Pryor, Randy Moss. Hey. He ain't that good. It's an interesting argument, man. It's an interesting <laughs> argument. All right. Matt Patricia was the former defensive coordinator of the New England Patriots, Justin Grosso. Matt Patricia, is he the guy to turn the lines around? Uh, I definitely think he's better than Jim Caldwell. What about you? Uh, I mean, former Bill Belichick coach, I, I don't really see it. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really think they're – I think they're the bottom of their division this year. I don't really see them doing much. All right. And um, Matthew Stafford, as much as I bragged on him, he did have a little bit of an off year last year. He has to be better than 17 turnovers, which includes seven fumbles. So that's what I say about that. I'm going Green Bay, Minnesota, Detroit, Chicago. How do y'all see the NFC North um, panning out? Uh, for me, Minnesota, Green Bay, uh, Detroit, Chicago. Justin, what you got? Uh, I'd probably say uh, Green Bay, Minnesota, Chicago, Detroit. And what you got, DC? Uh, Minnesota, Green Bay, Detroit, Chicago. All right, we move on to the Dirty South. The the NFC South put three teams in the playoffs a season ago. This year they got the AFC North, which includes the you-know-who, the Steelers, the Ravens. Uh, You got the uh, Browns, which should be a win for all of them. And you got the Cincinnati Bengals. And they also get the NFC East. Eagles, Giants, Cowboys, Redskins. The Saints finish with Carolina in two of their final three games. That's an interesting game on both of them sides. Um, I look at the Saints and I see Drew Brees, I see Sean Payton, I see that they had last year's offensive and defensive rookies of the year, and Alvin Kamar and Larshawn Lattimore. Uh, they got Ryan Ramzik. Uh, I think they got Marcus Wilson and Trey Hendrickson. This draft for the Saints last season will be one of those drafts you look back on, and we might be potentially looking at Hall of Famers who all came from the same team in the same draft. That's <laughs> re-energized Drew Brees. Um, I'll be honest with you. Even as an Eagles fan, if the Saints get past, if the Saints get past the Vikings a season ago, and they play in the NFC Championship game against the Philadelphia Eagles, I'm not sure Philadelphia makes it to the Super Bowl. I could be wrong. I'm glad everything mm-hmm. turned out the way it is, but I'm not sure the Saints don't stop the Eagles and they don't go to the Super Bowl themselves. 
am I overvaluing the Saints or am I right around where I need to be with them? Um, I'm going to go to you, Justin. What you think? Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I, I always said the biggest thing for the Eagles Super Bowl run last year was Minnesota getting lucky. We played the the weaker team. They won because of a big mistake by a rookie. So I, I think the Saints are legit. They got even better in the offseason, and they're definitely a, a big contender in the NFC. And look at this trail. They had Benjamin Watson. They had Cameron Meredith. They had Patrick Robinson from the Eagles. They had Kurt Coleman, former Eagle, former. This team's loaded. What you think? What you thinking about the Saints? Uh, man. Before I say anything, my homeboy, my brother just hit me up because he's a big Saints fan, and he was like, "Man, you better talk right about my Saints." Uh, so I will say this, bro. My brother said, "Go, man. You ain't got nothing to worry about, man." I see them as a top contender. Um, and I think one thing that we, we have to take into account is the fact that they're going to really be motivated because they feel like they were supposed to be in that slot that Minnesota took. Um, and like you said, this is one of those drafts for them where you're going to look back on it and you're going to see a lot of Hall of Famers. I think with this with this division, it comes down to what quarterback is going to play the best. And if my money's on the table and if I was a bet man, i got to put my money on Drew Brees. So, therefore, that's why I think the Patriots will have another great season. All right, let's move on to uh, ACL. The Falcons can do what the Minnesota Vikings didn't do a season ago if all things work out, right? They can play the Super Bowl at home. Don't think it's going to happen, but they have Dan Quinn, who I think is an excellent head coach, and I think it's the fact that Dan Quinn left the Seattle Seahawks that they fell apart. He's 29-19 as a head man. Uh, Matt Ryan won the MVP in 2016. Didn't look like it in 2017. Uh, let's start with you this time, DC. Can ATL overtake the Saints and the Panthers and play in the Super Bowl? Uh, I, I'd say no on that because I I didn't see Matt Ryan like like you said in 2016. He did good. The next year he he wasn't looking the same. And then like I mean he has Julio Jones. I thought Hamas knew would do something for him, but no. And this all Atlanta seems suspect to me. Uh, I say you on that. I've always said that uh, Matt Ryan's a second tier quarterback, but that's not me. I don't think he's I don't think he's in that level of like the Tom Brady's and the Drew Brees's and um the Aaron Rodgers. I think he's at the next level now. Trail, what you feeling about the Atlanta Falcons? Um I think they're gonna take a step back because of the rise of the Saints, of course. And Honestly, I think Carolina will take that wild card spot this year. I think Carolina will be better. And um, I just, like everybody else, I think that Ryan is a second-tier quarterback. And they just have to find a, a second pass rusher to Vic Beasley uh, until they can find a legit second. I know they uh, drafted Tack McKinley, but he still doesn't seem to be that second, you know, rusher to uh, – to Vic Beasley, and they let Claiborne go. So I think that'll be a big loss as well. So for that, I think they'll take a step back. All right. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, we move on to the Carolina Panthers, um, right up the street from the Thunderstorm Studios. Jerry Richardson put the team up for sale. They fired the offensive coordinator, Shula, and the defensive coordinator says, see you guys later. I'm going to go coach with the Arizona Cardinals. <laughs> Marty Ernie gets the interim tag removed from his GM title. 
11 wins in 2017, which everybody keeps forgetting about, and they've made the playoffs four times in the last five seasons. But guess what, fellas? I don't think they make it this year. I'm going to go ahead and give you my mm-hmm. playoff teams. Green Bay, the Saints win the South, mm-hmm. LA wins the West, mm-hmm. the Eagles win the East. Mm-hmm. The wild cards mm-hmm. are the Atlanta Falcons, and we're going to get to this later, the San Francisco 49ers. But what y'all doing about the Carolina Panthers? I like it. I, th- that's how you step out on a limb. I like that. I like that. <laughs> now, do I agree with it? Now, I'm about to tell you. I disagree with what you said. <laughs> but, but I like what you did. <laughs> uh, I think the Panthers are going to make the playoffs, and this is why. Because now they have a lot of speed on that offense. You bring in DJ Moore. If they keep uh, the wide receiver bird out of South Carolina, I think that'll add more speed. The only problem I have with this team, which I've had this problem for the last two to three years with them, the secondary uh, really needs some work, which is now it's going to get worse because, as we know, they let Kirk Coleman go, uh, and they still don't have a corner to speak of. And the second problem is we really don't know what Christian McCaffrey really is. Like, I think they tried the, the little gadget plays with him last year. And sometimes they worked, but sometimes they didn't. So they really got to find a, a role where he can be of use to them. And, and I think once they do that, they'll be a great team. I think uh, this defense ain't going to let them fall too far behind. All right. Anything you want to add to that, Justin? No, I mean, I, I agree. I You know, the Panthers aren't that good. Uh, you know, Cam Newton, I mean, he's he's solid, but they, they just don't have it. Um, I mean, I, I like their addition with uh, with uh, DJ Moore, but I, I just don't – I don't see them being, uh, you know, a playoff contender. All right. And uh, this one's for you, D.C. Um, one, per, one name we hadn't brought up is Torrey Smith. They actually picked up Torrey Smith in the offseason as well. Um, does that give Cam enough, enough weapons to uh, – to just jump back in the MVP conversation, can Cam Newton jump back? In? Can Cam Newton actually take over the NFL like he did like a couple of seasons ago? What do you think? Cam Newton, uh, you already know how to feel about Cam Newton. No, I mean because it's just what we've seen in the past. He makes one bad play. What does he do? Go send the bench, throw the towel on his head. We, you, when you are a quarterback, you cannot be a prior baby. You cannot be in your feelings. You have to be a leader and set. You set a goal for your team. This is okay. We messing up, but we can finish. So and Cam's not there. So no, no. Look, look at Carolina's schedule. Week one, Cowboys possibly a loss. Win. Week two, Atlanta always had problems. Cincinnati, the Giants, the Redskins, the Eagles. Win. They get the Ravens. I think they lose that game. Tampa Bay. They've always had problems with Tampa Bay. Pittsburgh, Detroit, possibly a win. Seattle, uh, Tampa Bay again. Uh, then it gets kind of easier towards the end. Cleveland, New Orleans, Atlanta, and New Orleans. Like I said, they played New Orleans two times in the last three weeks. So we have to see what happens. And that brings us to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. One question, one question alone. Is it time to move on from Jameis Wilson and Dirk Cutter? Because Tampa Bay is in the cellar. Oh. We all know that. Oh, go to trail first. Please, please, please. Go ahead, Drew. <laughs> yes, it's been time to move on. Since we found out James was still a crab legs, it's been time to go. Oh, here we go. It's time, 
it's time to go. I've been saying this for the longest. We gave Jameis a chance. When you found out, when he came out of college, his first his freshman year, everybody thought he was going to be the next great thing because, you know, he was me and he led Florida State to the national championship. But that second year was basically what was to come with Jameis. He was, he was mistake prone. And he's just shown to make, you know, what makes it worse is he's, he's in off the field situation now. Uh, first it was the crab legs. Now he got the little situation that he had. We ain't going to talk about it. But if you've been following it, just know he won't be there for the first four games of the season because of another bad decision that he made. So there comes mm-hmm. a time where we have to say, we got, it's got to be a time where you got to be like, okay, is he really worth the trouble? And right now I say, no, it's time to move on from Jameis and find a quarterback that can lead your, your organization. Justin, what you feel about Jameis Winston and Dirk Cutter? James Winston, yeah, I, I'm the same way. I mean, he's he makes too many mistakes on the field, off the field. Uh, you know, I, I don't think he's a good quarterback. I, I think Tampa Bay's got to start looking for the future. All right, guys, six divisions down. Great job, by the way. I ain't going to lie to you, man. It's 10 o'clock. I'm starting to get a little tired, man. My bedtime might be showing up a little here. It's a little soon here. <laughs> but we got two divisions left, and I'm going to suffer through it. We're going to sponsor on we go to the NFC West. They got the AFC West, and they got the NFC North. The Rams go there first. This is a lot of people's favorite to win the Super Bowl. I'm going to be 100% honest with you. My heart wants to tell you something else. But I believe the Rams beat the Philadelphia Eagles in the NFC Championship game, and they go to the Super Bowl. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. But it's hard to argue with one of their toughest regular season battles all year. Sean McVay, genius, last season's coach of the year. Still think that should have been Doug Peterson, but that's another story. Take everything they've got already and add in Dominican Sue, Aqib Tlaib, Marcus Peters, Sam Shields, Brandon Cooks. It's too much, man. The team is loaded. And this team is ready for a run. They are hungry after what the Falcons did to them last year. It won't happen again this year. This is also my favorite to get to the Super Bowl, the Los, An- the, the Los Angeles Rams. Fellas, am I talking too much? How are you feeling, Trev? Uh, I'm going to make y'all Philly fans laugh right now. So y'all just, y'all just bear with me. You remember when Vince Young came out and he said, we like a dream team? See, he wasn't mm-hmm. talking about that team that he was on. This is the team he meant to say right here. This is the dream team that Vince Young was talking about right here. This is the one. Right here. This is the team that's going to make it hard for a lot of people because they were already good last year. They had the offense already. So now you add another explosive piece in Brandon Cooks. But not only did you do that, but now you've made it extremely hard for teams to even put the ball in the air against you because with two of the top corners in the league, uh, it's going to be very hard to throw the ball. Now, this is where this could all fall apart. Because you added all these pieces, they're all different personalities. And we know that Sean McVay is a young coach. So now he doesn't have that young team that – you know, they're right out and bushy tail. Like, now they know what it feel like to win. They know what it feel like to, you know, almost get there. 
But not only do they know all of that, but now you have personalities to go on top of all of that. And really, all of the personalities, not good personalities, Marcus Peters, he, he can be a hothead at times. Akeem Talib can be a hothead at times, as we've seen with him snatching Michael Crabtree's chain. So, and Dominican <laughs> Sue, which is stepping on everybody. So, I mean, now you yeah. have other, you got other factors playing that you're really going to have to control. But if he can control all of that, this can be a great team. Uh, what you thinking, Justin? I, I agree with that. I think it's one of those, you know, if they're winning, it's all good. But, you know, if they lose, you know, they could lose control of the locker room. And then once you start, once those issues start happening, you become a bad team. So I think it all comes down to mm-hmm. can they actually come together as a team and stop with the, you know, the me, me stuff and, you know, win football games as a team rather than everyone trying to be the star. And I think that's what it comes down to for the Rams. I think they're a scary team, but again, it, it could all fall apart. All right, all right. I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna I'm get your opinion on something here, so, uh, DC. It's time to move on to the Arizona Cardinals. I think it's year one of the Steve Wilkes era. So this is how this whole thing plays out, right? Sam Bradford starts out as the quarterback. Sam Bradford gets hurt. Mike Lennon will then come in, and he'll hold it down for a little while. But this is ultimately Josh Rosen's team. I think sooner than later, I don't think this is a playoff team yet, and I think we see the future somewhere around week 10, week 11, and we see Josh Rosen for the remainder of the season. I think they get hot late, just not enough to get them to the playoffs, and I think we see the future. That's how the Arizona season plays out. That's my opinion. You guys are welcome to disagree. What you think, D.C.? I mean, I I completely agree with you because, I mean, Sam, we don't call him Sam Bunny Bradford for nothing. So, of course, he's going to get hurt down the line. Then the other quarterback, I, I don't even know his name. He's not relevant to me. But Rosen, I just can't wait to see Arizona. Yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to have a little trouble getting to the playoffs. But down the line, I can see them doing something in the future. So, yeah, I agree. I'm not sure, and I could be totally wrong on this. I'm not sure Sam Bradford's ever played 16 games. Am I am, am I right about that, fellas? Uh, what, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about the Arizona Cardinals, Trev? Did you say you don't think he's gonna play 16 games? I don't that's think he's ever really, played 16 games. Exactly. No, I'm saying I don't think he ever played 16 games. I don't think he's. I don't think he's completed the season. He has, okay. which is why we already know he's going to get injured. It's just. It's one of them things we don't hope for, but it's one of them things you already know is going to happen. Like he, um, so since we know that's going to happen, I think uh, that's why they brought in Rosen. I actually like Rosen. I, I really do. I think he's going to be a great quarterback. Um, I think but the one thing with him, he just got to learn to keep his mouth closed because uh, sometimes, you know, your talk can get you in trouble on that field because it's, it's all good when you're just talking, but when you get on that field, or you got to prove and back up what you're saying. So I think with that, and with since last year's Gerald's coming back, uh, they you know Patrick Peterson is always a great corner. I think they can be a subpar team, but with that, with this is how I look at it. If I got to put my trust in Sam Bradford, we not making it, <laughs> and that's just what they're gonna have to do. They gonna have to put their trust in Sam Bradford, and I just don't see them making it because of that. All right, move on to Seattle. It's funny how dynasties are in faster than you thought they would. Seattle mm-hmm. was supposed to be that dynasty. 
Now, they should have won two Super Bowls. It's, it's kind of old news at this point, but why not just get the ball to the beast mode four times? <laughs> I'm taking my chance. <laughs> First and goal from, from wherever they were, I'm giving the ball to beast mode four times. I guarantee you he would have gotten in. But they wanted Russell Wilson to be the hero. This team has been in flux ever since. And just last year, for the first time since Russell Wilson's been on the center, or in his case, in the shotgun, <laughs> the Seattle Seahawks missed the playoffs. I know Russell Wilson's there. I know they drafted Rashard Penny. Let me go ahead and say it now. Rashard Penny will be the offensive player of the year, offensive rookie of the year in the NFL. Hmm. Why? Hmm. Because Seattle will make some charges and – I don't think Saquon Barkley and the Giants are going to be relevant enough. So I'm putting my, I'm attaching my horse to Rashad Penny. So I know Russell Wilson's there. I know Rashad Penny's there. And I know that Earl Thomas is there, but he wants to play for the uh, Dallas Cowboys. But other than that, fellas, I can, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know who plays for this team anymore. So I'm going to lean on you, Trey. What do you think about the Seattle Seahawks? Of course, I think they're going to take a step back. Uh, you got Earl Thomas, who, like you said, doesn't want to be there. Uh, looks like the other Pro Bowl on the team, Earl, uh, Cam Chancellor, doesn't want to be there. He's contemplating retirement. From what I, I, I still don't think he's made a decision on whether or not he's coming back. Um, and then you got Bobby Wagner. I, I like him, and I think he's the leader of the defense. And but Richard Sherman's gone. Who's your the, one of the best corners in the league? That's gonna hurt you. Um. And I can agree with you on Penny. I think he'll be the offensive uh, rookie of the year, but it's only because they don't really have that many pieces around them to stop them from getting the ball a million times. So they had to bring in Brandon Marshall at the receiver. I don't see how that helps him because he's on the decline right now. So like you, I don't see him doing too much this year. Anything on the Seahawks, Justin? Washed. That's all I can say. They're washed. Oh, all right. Yep, they're pretty Cinema, much <laughs> <laughs> All right, fellas. This is, this is my dark horse. I've been saving this one. San Francisco oh, 49ers. You need a quarterback to win in this league. And people looked at me like I was crazy because years ago, I wrote an article before I was even at Inside the Eagles, and that article said, you can go ahead and trade Tom Brady now. People thought I was ridiculous. <laughs> I said there's nothing that you can do. Actually, I said there's no, you can't get more for Tom Brady than you can get right right now. And behind him is Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots can win with Jimmy Garoppolo. The Patriots will still win the NFCs with Jimmy Garoppolo, and the Patriots can still be in the title hunt with Jimmy Garoppolo. He's got a future, and Bill Belichick gave that future away. Because I think Billy Belichick is trying to ruin the Patriots so they look bad when he's gone. That's another story for another day. Jimmy Garoppolo sure left in San Francisco. Out, we would have been having to talk about that one. <laughs> Jimmy Garoppolo lands in San Francisco. Rough start? Yeah. But then they win five of their last six. No, no, excuse me. They win five straight and six of their last seven in 2017. Yeah. San Francisco is different now. And it's because of Jimmy Garoppolo, and it's because of the offensive coordinator who made that guy Kirk Cousins look good in the first place. It's because Shanahan is 
what you're going to see is the, the Seahawks are washed out of it, like you guys said. Arizona, they're a few years away. The rivalry in this division now is in California. Expect to see high real film, expect to see great games, and expect to see a new rivalry budding, and it's between the Los Angeles Rams and the San Francisco 49ers, and they are my dog horse. They are getting to the wild card this year. And I think they'll lose it, but they're getting to the playoffs. San Francisco 49ers, that's my prediction. What you think, Trill? Uh. I like them as a dark horse, but I don't think they get into the playoffs because, unlike you, I think Carolina will take that slot and get in as a wild card. Mm. Um, but I do like Jimmy G. Uh, as we know, Bill Belichick was forced to give him away for a box of cookies. Um, um, so I, I like what they're doing. I like the pieces. I think they're a growing team. I just – I don't see them as a playoff team this year, but like you said, uh, they're on the rise, and they will definitely be a contender to uh, the Rams in that division. I have a new rant for the next show. I'm going to tell you why Bill Belichick tried to ruin the Patriots. <laughs> That's coming up on the next episode of the Thunderstorm, by the way. Tra- uh, we talked to Trail. D.C., what you got on the San Francisco 49ers? San Francisco, whoa. The whole thing with Jimmy – I can see them doing a few things. I don't see them getting very far, but I would like to see that rivalry between them and the Rams. So I, I can say they they're having an okay season at best. So, yeah. All right, fellas. All right, I'm gonna go. Um, I'm gonna go Rams, Forty ers Cardinals, Seahawks, and uh, we got about ten minutes left. So I'm gonna speed us up a little bit here. Time for the money division. As I mentioned at the beginning of the broadcast, every time you talk about the NFC East, you're talking about the Redskins, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Giants. Two of the most, four actually of the most loved franchises in all of sports, not just in football. And anytime any of these teams play, it's always nationally televised because it's the money division, and we want to put these games on where everybody can see them. So Monday night football, so Sunday night football. Even if the Redskins and the Cowboys can't play, they're going to be a primetime game. They're going to find a way to put them on Thanksgiving. They're going to do something to make sure you see one of the teams in the money division. We go to the East. We go to the Redskins. They got Alex Smith, fellas, they're in the cellar. They got no shot. What's your thing? Um, I'm not going to put them in the cellar. I do think that they, they'll be respectable. Uh, they'll be like 8-8 eight and eight because I think Alex Smith, he's good at being a game manager, but he's always had good pieces around him that made him look better than what he really is. And with this Washington team, I just don't see those same pieces. So just like Kirk Cousins struggled with this, with these pieces, I think he will struggle with these pieces. And for that, they'll be eight minutes. Redskins, Grosso, I know you see them all the time. What you got? Uh, I mean, I agree with what he just said. It, you know, they're not good. Alex Smith, he's not a huge upgrade, to be honest. I mean, he was good in Kansas City <laughs> at times. So he's just, you know, he checks down too much. We all know he's a game manager. And I think, you know, around him, he just doesn't have the pieces. Then they lose uh, Darius Geis. And I just, I think they're going to struggle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, interesting stuff. Interesting stuff. Go to you, DC. What you thinking about the skins? Skins, I, I can just go ahead and place them lads in the division. I don't see them doing nothing, man. I'm sorry. I just don't. <laughs> Right. I ain't gonna play some the Jets. Stop that. 
the Giants are in the cellar. The Giants are the third-place finish in this division. Eli Manning has seen his brother get two neck surgeries, and sometimes he just looks around like, I just don't want to get hit anymore. I've made my money. I've won two Super Bowls. Whatever do I have to play for? I'm not going to have two neck surgeries like Peyton. <laughs> Eli doesn't care about this game anymore. They got Saquon Barkley. They should have taken the quarterback to replace Eli Manning. That should have been Sam Donald from USC or Josh Rosen. Choice is yours, but I don't see it. I think Giants are the third-place finish in this division. Am I wrong? Justin, what you got? I, I'm not sleeping on the Giants this year. I think that uh, <laughs> if, if, if Eli Manning can be just like, okay, like you see the Jaguars out there, they got Bortles and how far they made it. All he had to do was just play okay. Everyone else did everything around them. I mean, that offensive line is terrible, but I think with Barkley in there, he's the type that, you know, can shake people out of their shoes. I mean, he's kind of like a LaShawn McCoy, like how he was with the Eagles. They didn't have a great offensive line when McCoy was in Philly, but he still got positive yards because, you know, he can juke people out. So I, I'm not sleeping on the Giants. I don't think, you know, they're winning the division, but – uh, I definitely think they're going to be a lot better than last year. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, they got Pat Sherman, former Eagles coach. That scares me because I know who Pat Sherman is. Um, go to you, Trail. What you thinking about the Giants? Well, I agree with Jason, man. I'm not sleeping on him. The one thing we know about Eli Manning is when he have a bad season, he always turns around and has, uh, you know, an okay season better than the one he had the year, the year before. So I think with that terrible season he had last year, he's out to prove that he's – and uh, coming off the fact that he did get benched by his former coach, I think he's out to prove that he's still a, you know, a consistent quarterback in this league. And with the offensive pieces that he has now, I think the only concern I have is that offensive line. They have to get that offensive line together. But if they can, you know, patch that up, I think uh, – Eli, like, I, like y'all, I don't think they won in the division, but I do see them – uh, second, I think a second. All right, fair enough. America's team. I it makes me sick every time I say that. Makes me sick every time I say that. I told you we. I told you. To the Dallas Cowgirls. To the Dallas Cowgirls. I don't even want to talk about them. Trey, what you got on the Dallas Cowboys? Uh, I mean. Same as every year. <laughs> they don't have a defense to speak of. The de- uh, this is almost like the Aaron Rodgers situation, but worse. Because, at least for Aaron Rodgers, we know he's an elite quarterback. He just don't have a defense to stop anybody. With Dallas Cowboys, they don't have a defense that can stop anybody, and Dak is sometimes your best. The best thing you got working for you is Ezekiel Elliott in your backfield. And that's not always going to work when you when people start to key in on it. So with that being said, I see Dallas as being a team that could possibly be in the seven. Six and ten. Wow. Wow. Good stuff. We got about five minutes left in the show, and I want to get Super Bowl predictions first and foremost, but I also did this, and I did this this way for a reason. One team remains. Guess who it was? Guess who I saved for last? The champs. The Eagles. <laughs> And I brought one guy on for a specific reason. Justin Grosso, co-editor, co-site expert over at Inside the Eagles, my partner, man that always makes me look good, my younger brother, <laughs> talk so much to him. 
and he's also taught me so much. Justin, the Eagles, the floor is yours. Give us a preview of what we can expect from the champs in 2018. Philadelphia Eagles, obviously, going to win the division, NFC East. That's easy. It's not a tough division this year. Uh, I, I can't say that I think they're going to repeat as NFC champions. I actually – I'm going to agree with you. I think maybe the Rams take it over. But, um, you know, I, I'm going to stay hopeful on that. So, if you want you want me to jump to my Super Bowl prediction, I think we're going to see right. a, a Rams and Patriots Super Bowl. But, uh, yeah, I just – I mean, I think the Eagles – you know they definitely get far. I don't think I don't think they they're gonna get to the Super Bowl this year. Rams Patriots Super Bowl. I like it. That's actually what I got too. I guess that's what I got too. I'm actually thinking somewhere along the lines that the Pittsburgh Steelers can put it all together. But the wild card is Mike Tomlin. He doesn't prepare his team for big games. So I got to go with the Patriots over the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. Um. Go to you first, Trail. Super Bowl predictions. Who you got? Um, Super Bowl predictions. Uh, for me, I think the Rams are gonna make it. And hmm, see that NFC is hard. But I will say this: this is the team I'm put there. I think the Rams and we got to go to an NFC. I think the Packers are going to go back. Okay. If Aaron Rodgers can can get right and they can find a way to patch their defense up, I think Aaron Rodgers has the offense that can get back to the Super Bowl. DC, Super Bowl prediction, who you got? I got to go with the Rams and the Pats, man. You can never sleep on Tom Brady, man. Never. All right, I got the I got the Steelers in the one seed, the Pats two, Jags three, Chiefs four, the Chargers and the Titans are my um wild cards. I got the Jags over I got the Jags over the Tennessee Titans. I got the Chiefs over the Chargers. The Chiefs go to um the Chiefs go to New England and lose. The Steelers get uh the Steelers get the Jags, the Steelers win. I think the Patriots beat the Steelers. I think the Pats go to the Super Bowl. In the a, in the NFC, I got Green Bay as the one seed. I got the Saints at two. I got LA at three. I got Philly in the fourth seed, though I think they win the division. I've mentioned San Francisco and Atlanta are my wild cards. LA gets Atlanta. LA wins. Philly gets San Francisco. Philly wins. Philly travels to Green Bay. They win that. Uh, Atlanta travels to – actually, LA travels to the Saints. I think LA wins that, and I think LA wins – over the Philadelphia uh, Eagles, and they go to the Super Bowl. And I think the Pats, as much as I hate to say it, I think Tom Brady gets one more, and I think he rides off into the sunset. Middle finger to everybody. I'm the greatest of all time. Y'all have always disrespected me. I am the best. <laughs> but let me do a little bit of predictions too, man. I got um, – and you guys can tell me if you disagree. Um, I wanted to go ahead and do a little bit of the uh, – the postseason awards, and I'm going to go ahead and say as soon as I find my notes, MVP, I'm going to go with Carson Wentz. I mentioned as the the uh, offensive rookie of the year, I mentioned that's Rashard Penny from the Seattle Seahawks. I say Bradley Chubb in Denver wins the offensive rookie of the year. I think your defensive uh, player of the year ends up being a comeback, and it's J.J. Watt. 
just 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 bear mm-hmm. with me, fellas. I'm just guessing on this stuff. <laughs> it's way too early to be doing this stuff, so I'm guessing. <laughs> uh, and I got offensive player of the year. I'm gonna give that um, again to. I think he's I think he's a repeat champion. I think Ty Gurley does it again. Mm-hmm. So, coach of the year, coach of the year will go to Sean McVay. I think for the second year in a row, I think he wins coach of the year. And that's how I have it. Guys, disagree with any of that? Yes, I do. I disagree with Todd <laughs> Gurley repeating. I disagree with your coach of the year because I don't think he's going to do it twice. Um, for me, I think offensive player the other year, because he's coming off of an injury riddle season, I think Aaron Rodgers would be out to prove people wrong that he can come back and be as dominant because I think this offseason people have really been kind of forgetting about him in that top echelon. And, uh, I think he's out to prove that. So I think he'll win Offensive Player of the Year. I think Offensive Rookie of the Year, of course, goes to Lamar Jackson. I don't see how you can put anybody else there. Um, and Coach of the Year, I'm going to go Sean Payton down there in, uh, in New Orleans. You've talked me into it. I changed my vote. I go with Sean Payton, too. <laughs> Sean Payton, Sean McVay, one of those guys. Sean Payton, Sean McVay. Um, no matter what Doug Peterson do, they're going to they gonna find a way to disrespect him, and the Eagles will always have to win a dog mask. But Sean McVay, Sean Payton, I think it's fair. Mm-hmm. Well, fellas, we did it. We got about two mm-hmm. minutes left. We got about a minute left in the show. Let me first say thank you to everybody that tuned in. Thank you for tuning in to our NFL preview show. Thank you to the regular characters, myself my man Trail, my man DC, and thank you to our guests on tonight, Justin Grasso. Justin, give me your Twitter. At J Grasso, J-G-R-A-S-S-O underscore. All right. That's my man Jay Grasso, um, and as you guys know, you can check out us every single day on Inside the Eagles for fresh Eagles content daily. Uh, download the mobile app. The thing is serious, um, to be honest with you. I've gotten to the point where I look for us for Eagles news, and that's pretty much it. So we appreciate everybody that's tuning in to us on tonight and everything. Prince, uh, there's no reason to continue to challenge Prince on the old school bus battle. Prince, the third person in history to retire as a champion on the old school bus. But everybody says we need a little bit of hip-hop on the show, so let's do that. We ride on the old school bus. This was a surprise. Check this out. <laughs> 